Hey, it's Glenn Scrivener from Speak Life. We're doing Reading Between the Lines, and today's phrase is one flesh. So we're going to talk about sex. Um, have you ever noticed how Christians are really weird about sex? Like, really weird about sex. Um, if you're a Christian or if you're a non-Christian watching this, um, you'll be aware of how different the Christian sexual ethic is. Um, but the first thing I want to say is, that's okay, isn't it? That's okay. I think there can be a real danger of imagining some golden age of unanimity on sex and that everybody needs to agree about sex in this golden age. For Christians, that golden age was behind us. And back in the 1950s, we longed for the time when we all agreed about sex and everybody believed the Bible's view about sex. Um, but out there in the culture, the golden age is just dawning. And we're, we're moving into this time in which everyone, again, is going to, to agree about sexual ethics, and it is emphatically not the sexual ethics of the Bible. Um, and I think both sides are really wrong and damaging if we're, if we're just trying to enforce unanimity of view on sex on people. My first little plea is that can we, can, can a Christian at least make a case for their weird view on sex? This is not about hating people, and this is not about forcing people into the Christian sexual ethic. I don't want to do that at all. But I do want to clear a space and say, is it okay? Is it okay if we have a different view to the prevailing culture? Um, here's, the pre here's, here's the different view. The different view is Jesus has a crazy, beautiful view of sex. When he unpacks it in Matthew chapter 19, what he does is quote from Genesis 2 verse 24. And that's the verse that we're going to think about this morning or today. Um, Genesis 2 verse 24, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. This is at the heart of Jesus' understanding of sex. He goes back to the beginning. He says, In the beginning the Creator made the male and female, and they are intended for one flesh. And this kind of is his teaching on sex and marriage. And really, almost the only other thing he adds into the mix is in Matthew chapter 5, he says, um, outside of that context of marriage, don't even think about sex, right? That's really Jesus' sexual ethic. Sex is male and female coming together as one flesh, and that one flesh relationship is an all-embracing, lifelong relationship, i.e. marriage. So sex belongs in marriage. And you think, that's crazy. That is crazy. It is crazy, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The same way that all of Jesus' teaching is crazy and beautiful at the same time. You know, turn the other cheek. That's crazy. Go the extra mile. That's crazy. Give to anyone who asks you. That's crazy, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. In the same way, sex is kind of like that. Because what a Christian is saying when they're having sex with their spouse is they're saying, look, I'm in this with you for life. I give myself to you unconditionally, forever. You know, a Christian is giving not only their body to their partner, they are giving their very life to their partner in bonds of unbreakable love. Really, if you ask me, the Christian view on sex is the Ferrari view on sex. You know, if I owned a Ferrari and you wanted to drive it, you could not drive it. Unless your name was Scrivener, you are not getting behind that wheel. Um, and I, I, I fear for a culture that so often wants to buy into a, a beat-up old larder view of sex. You know, if I owned a beat-up old larder and you wanted to drive it, sure, fine. If you, if you wrote it off, you'd be doing me a favor, probably. Um, Christians do not b believe that sex is this beat-up old thing. It is this Ferrari. Um, and it is a beautiful thing. And you, you might look on the Christian view of sex, man and woman coming together for life in these bonds of oneness. You might think that sounds crazy. Can you at least see that, that there is 
a perspective on this from which you might conclude that it's beautiful. Um, that's all I'm asking you to consider. I don't want to force you into the Christian sexual ethic. I don't want to legislate for your bedroom. I really don't. And, I, and I'm sorry when sometimes Christian cultures have legislated your bedrooms, uh, you know, um, in a way that's forced you into a Christian view of sex when you don't actually have a Christian view of anything. Um, so what I'm not going to do is to try and force you to have the Christian's view of sex, but I would like to invite you into the Christian's view of the world. Because the Christian's view of the world is a love story. And actually, the sexual ethic fits within this larger love story. The love story goes something like this. There is an ultimate husband called Jesus Christ who has left the glories of heaven in order to sacrifice for his bride. Just as Adam goes down into death-like sleep and his side is pierced and he, and he makes that sacrifice to form his bride in just this way, Jesus has sacrificed for us. And even though we get everything wrong, including sex, we get everything wrong. And Jesus loves us nonetheless. He dies for us, he rises up and he says, I want to be one with you for free and forever. That is the love story. And if you come in on that love story, it doesn't matter what your sexual past is. It doesn't matter what your sexual sins have been. It doesn't matter right now that you're wrestling through what a sexual ethic should be for you. Jesus says, right now, I want you. I want to be one with you forever. And if you say yes to that, then you are brought into the most intimate, the most beautiful relationship with God for free and forever. And if you want that, then you can say yes to that. But as you say yes to that, you are asking Jesus to transform you. You're basically saying, I will, in a marriage sense to Jesus. And he will transform you. And one of the things that's up for grabs is your view on sex. And he will, he will convert you to his view of sex. Because his view of sex is crazy, but it's beautiful. Okay, And that's the offer to you. That's the offer to you. But, but my plea to you is come in on this love story and then see how everything makes sense in the light of this love story, including your sex life. That's if you're not a Christian. If you are a Christian, then maybe you're thinking about this stuff about sex and you're thinking, man, I've, I've got plenty of sexual sins. I've got plenty of sexual history that, I, that has not been Jesus-like at all. Um, how should I respond to this teaching? Well, Think about your relationship with Jesus right now. You know, your relationship with God right now is not dependent on your sexual history. It's not even dependent on your sexual views. Your relationship with God right now, if you have trusted in Jesus and you submit to Him as your Lord, as your bridegroom, as your King, if you submit it to Him, if He is your Lord, if you trust in Him, then your Christian life is as good as Christ's is because you are one with Him.